The following program is furnished by The Truth About Your Future, LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. Bitwiseinvestments.com and by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com and by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ and by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE, but EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. This is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. And now your host, Rick Edelman. And a very happy weekend to you. Welcome to the truth about your future with Rick Edelman, our second broadcast of 2022. You struggling like I am with saying 2022 and writing 2021 whenever you're writing down dates? It takes a while to get used to that. And just when we get used to it, it becomes 2023. But I digress. Welcome to the program. Last week on the show, we talked a lot about longevity. My guest, Ken Dykewald, the CEO and founder of AgeWave. You can download the podcast everywhere you get your favorite podcasts or, of course, at thetruthayf.com. That's short for The Truth About Your Future. So it's thetruthayf.com. And we were talking an awful lot last week about the fact that we're likely to live to age 100 and beyond. And the real question we asked was, is your money going to last as long as you do? And what impact is there on your career, on education, housing, your will, your investment strategy? But there's one huge subject related to longevity that we didn't talk about. And I want to share it with you here today. And that is the issue of Alzheimer's disease. You know, it's pretty well accepted in the scientific and medical communities that we're going to solve the leading causes of death over the next 10 to 20 years. And when I'm talking about obesity, diabetes, heart disease, lung disease, cancer itself, the advances that have been made that are under development now that are widely expected to be coming over the next couple of decades, we're going to wipe out the leading causes of death, just as we've wiped out old leading causes of death. Did you ever hear of diphtheria? That used to be a leading cause of death. It isn't anymore. Have you ever heard of pyemia? That was a leading cause of death in the 1800s, wiped out thanks to innovations, advances in medical science. And by that notion, they're expecting that today's leading causes of death are going to be defeated, eradicated as a result of advances in technology. But we aren't making progress with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. We know the challenge here. We know that by the age of 60, your odds are 1 in 10 to get Alzheimer's. That by age 80, the odds are 1 in 3. By age 90, the odds are 1 in 2. We've got to figure out how to defeat this disease. Well, here are some news. An international team led by the University of Cambridge has figured out how Alzheimer's disease develops. And it's not how everybody thought. 
Their research was reported in the journal Science Advances. See, for decades, scientists thought that Alzheimer's started from a single point in the brain and then spread. This new research shows that Alzheimer's instead hits different regions of the brain at the same time and then kills cells in those regions. The researchers used brain samples from patients who've died of Alzheimer's, and they took PET scans from living patients. This is the first time that anyone had human data to track the disease over time, and they were able to do it thanks to new technology, a new chemical kinetics approach that was developed at Cambridge, along with advances in PET scanning. All of this could help lead to new treatments. Well, that's one thing we clearly do need, new treatments, because we haven't had a new treatment introduced in over 20 years, with one exception, and that was Biogen's drug that was announced last year. It was rather controversial, $56,000. It wasn't a pill. You had to go into a medical facility and get the drug injected. Biogen has now cut the price of that Alzheimer's drug in half. It's now $28,000. Medicare hasn't yet said whether it's going to cover the drug. In fact, Biogen stock is down 46% since they launched the drug last June. The Cleveland Clinic, Mount Sinai Health System, Mass General, and the Veterans Administration, they've all said no, they're not paying for it. So since Biogen released its drug, they've sold $1.9 million of it so far. The drug cost $56,000, or did until last week, and they've only sold $1.9 million. There are 1.5 million people in the United States eligible for this drug. Forget about the rest of the world. Why are so few people buying the drug? Well, for one thing, it's $56,000. But it's also highly controversial, not just because of its price, but because medical experts and health advocates say that the drug doesn't work. They've all signed a petition calling on the FDA to rescind its approval. Dr. Peter Whitehouse, a neurologist and an Alzheimer's expert at Case Western Reserve University, said, quote, We're not just saying the approval was probably the worst decision the FDA ever made. It's so bad that we should advocate for withdrawal. Why is the medical community so up in arms over the Biogen's new drug? Well, in clinical trials... 41% of the patients experienced brain swelling or brain bleeding. Well, that doesn't bode really well. So noble effort, good try, Biogen. But it isn't something that gets rapid adoption in the medical community. And that leaves all of us still waiting and wanting for a treatment that's going to truly work significantly and for a long term. Well, all's not lost. Hope remains. Research is still continuing in a great many quarters, and I want to tell you about a new study. It shows that virtual reality can boost brain activity and could help treat Alzheimer's. So far, it's worked in rats. No, 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 don't get carried away. They didn't put tiny VR headsets onto the rats. That'd be silly. What they did, though, is they put the rats on a small treadmill, and they surrounded the treadmill with small TV screens. (laughs) I'm not making this stuff up. The lead researcher at UCLA said, quote, We were blown away when we saw the huge effect. Scientists think 
that they might be able to manipulate human brain rhythms using virtual reality. Could help people learn more easily. It might treat memory disorders, not just Alzheimer's, but ADHD, autism, epilepsy, and depression. Pretty cool, huh? I've got one more amazing piece of news for you about a new treatment for Alzheimer's. But first, I want to make sure we have all this in context. All this research is being led by technology. Something, somewhere, will eventually lead to new products, new services. That means new investment opportunities. But the only way that we can capture those returns is to invest with a proper focus. And that's why my wife, Jean, and I invest with a big emphasis in our portfolio on technology. And one of the best ways we've found to do this is to buy the Invesco QQQ ETF. What do all of the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you to access innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's coming next. You can become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. You can learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Remember, there are risks when investing in ETFs, including the possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to a greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly in an index, so before investing, carefully read and consider the fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more. It's all on the prospectus at Invesco.com, Invesco Distributors, Inc. And another great way that I've found to get the exposure that I want in exponential technologies is from GlobalX ETFs. It's another investment company that I've asked to sponsor this radio show and podcast. GlobalX offers more than 30 ETFs devoted to exponential technologies, what they call thematic growth. My wife, Jean, and I own several of these funds. I'm convinced that this investment theme belongs in our diversified portfolio. We started first by considering the options, longevity, the impact on our changing demographics, how this is forcing us to alter so much in our nation, like our infrastructure, green energy, blockchain, lithium battery technology, solar energy, and more. GlobalX has been managing exponential technology strategies for more than a decade. They publish research across their entire range of ETFs. And you can learn more at GlobalXETFs.com or simply ask your financial advisor. Want to engage in digital assets but don't know where to start? Go to the DACFP Yellow Pages at DACFP.com. I created it to give you a quick, easy resource for everything crypto, from digital asset exchanges to cold wallet hardware devices and all the ETFs that give you exposure to digital assets. Everything you need to engage in this revolutionary new investment opportunity. And it's all available for you for free at the DACFP Yellow Pages. Just go to DACFP.com. D-A-C-F-P.com. Now, let me get back to those mice and augmented reality and virtual reality and Alzheimer's disease. You know, nobody invented virtual reality for the use specifically of Alzheimer's. It's just working out that way. And the amazing thing is that some of the most profound inventions happen by accident. We know there are so many examples of this. Play-Doh was an accident. 
A soap manufacturer in Ohio was trying to make something to remove soot, but they quickly discovered that kids love to play with it. Popsicles were an accident. 1905, Frank Epperson was sitting on the porch at his home using a stick to stir powdered soda and water in a cup. He forgot all about it, and he left it there all night. The next morning, there it was, the first popsicle. Coca-Cola was originally touted as a cure for headaches, and it contained cocaine. That's where the coca comes from in Coca-Cola. It contained cocaine and alcohol. But in 1885, Atlanta banned alcohol, and so Coke changed the recipe, and that's the Coca-Cola you love today. Slinkies chocolate chip cookies, potato chips, cornflakes, silly putty. All of these were accidents. So was the pacemaker, the microwave oven, post-it notes, Scotchgard, penicillin, x-rays. All of these inventions were accidents. Scientists were trying to make one thing, and they found out they made something else. And that takes us to the latest discovery for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. A new study at NIH just released. Researchers analyzed the insurance claims data from more than 7 million Americans, trying to answer the question, who is less likely to develop Alzheimer's disease? And guess what they discovered? Men who took Viagra were 69% less likely to develop Alzheimer's over six years than those who didn't take Viagra. Look, we know Viagra was originally developed to treat chest pain. The patients who took the drug discovered a side effect, a rather big side effect. And that's what Viagra is mostly used for now. But it helps to prevent Alzheimer's. And if that's true, this is a whole new market with hope for people who want to avoid the disease. You can get the research from NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and of course, talk to your doctor. Well, let me ask you this. If Alzheimer's is in your future, how are you going to amass enough money if you're going to be living so long that you're likely to get Alzheimer's? By age 90, it's one in two. If you don't get it, that means your spouse likely will. And if the long-term care cost for Alzheimer's disease right now is $100,000 a year, what's it going to cost by the time you get to age 80 or 90? Now, again, if it's not you who incurs this cost, it's your spouse or your parents or even your children. By the time you're 90, your kids will be in their 60s, the age of early onset Alzheimer's. You need to invest, therefore, to get the returns you need to generate the wealth you're going to need to protect yourself and your family against the costs of medical care as you age. And in my view, the best investment opportunity for this decade and beyond digital assets. And to help you understand why I'm so enthused about digital assets, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and so many more, I want to introduce you to Matt Hogan. He is one of the world's leading experts on crypto, ETFs, and financial technology. He's the chief investment officer for Bitwise Asset Management, the world's largest provider of crypto index funds. Bitwise Asset Management, one of the sponsors here of The Truth About Your Future. And I'm an investor in, in Bitwise as well, to give you an idea of how much a fan I am of Matt's work. And Matt Hogan, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. Thanks for having me, Rick. Delighted to be here. Matt, why would someone like you with a pedigree from Wall Street, a titan in the ETF world, walk away from that? 
Well, I think the answer to that, Rick, is that Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto is one of the biggest opportunities that I have ever seen. And my background includes, as you mentioned, ETFs, and before that, biotechnology uh, and fintech. So I've seen some boom areas in the market. A lot of people get confused about what Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto is. They think it's just a competitor to the dollar. It's a new currency. That's not what it's about. The reason people like me have left traditional Wall Street and moved into this space is that it represents the ability of the internet to disrupt money and finance. And money and finance is the biggest market the internet's ever gone after. That makes it just extraordinarily exciting. I think it's a once in a, in a lifetime opportunity. In a nutshell, real simply, what is Bitcoin? Yeah, well, let me start about what it's not, Rick. Uh, a lot of people get confused because the word they use is cryptocurrency. And so in their mind, Bitcoin is just like an internet version of the dollar. And you're going to use it the same way you use your dollar. You're going to use it to buy coffee. You're going to use it to pay your mortgage. You're going to use it to give your kids allowance. That's not what Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto is. What Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto are, are a technology that lets money move on the internet, that lets you program money like you would program software, that lets you have digital property rights for the first time ever. These are really big ideas. And I'll make that concrete, Rick, for your listeners. If you wanted to send money to someone in London today and you went to Bank of America, if you go to their website right now, they'll tell you it takes one to two business days and the fee is between one and 4%. By contrast, the other day, someone moved $1.1 billion over the Bitcoin blockchain. It settled in 10 minutes. In other words, the recipient got it in under 10 minutes and the fee was less than $2. That's incredible, right? You have one of the largest banks in the world with 200,000 employees and offices in 38 countries and the fastest they can get money to London is in a couple of days. And then you have a software program with no employees that can move a billion dollars in 10 minutes. That's a revolution. But I know what a lot of your listeners are thinking. They're thinking, Matt, I don't have a billion dollars. Neither do I, Rick. But it boils down throughout the system. If you think about how the current financial system works, it's fees and it's delays. How many late checking fees have people paid? Every time you use your Visa card, it's a 2% fee. With crypto and blockchain, all of those costs can be squeezed out of the ecosystem because it allows money to exist natively on the internet in the same way that the cost of like emailing someone is zero. In the crypto-enabled future, the cost of doing many financial tractions will be a fraction of what they are today. And that's just enormous opportunity for investors. And it should be exciting, I think, for everyone who wants to see a, a better world. So one of the fascinating things is that we have a variety of different coins. There are 10,000 of them. So the key for the investor is figuring out which coins they ought to be using. So how do you tackle that issue? Our approach is to own the most valuable. So we're famous in the world for creating the world's first crypto index fund, like the S&P 500 of crypto. You know, don't get distracted by the 10,000 coins. You don't need all of those. But let's look at them by the value that the market assigns to them as one way of saying how important they are. And let's own the top 10, right? That's about 80% of the market. And there'll be some interesting stuff down here on the edges. And eventually it'll boil up to enter the main index. But let's just capture the market. It's akin to the early days of the internet saying, let's just own the largest internet companies. And if you did that, you did okay over the next 20 years. This is the same idea in crypto. 
you are focusing on what you refer to as the S&P 500 of crypto, meaning an index of the top 10 coins. But it is a lopsided market. Bitcoin and Ethereum are representative of about 70% of the fund. Yep, that's exactly right. So you can fuss with the smaller player, which might grow faster. But on the other hand, it's much more speculative as to whether they'll get a toehold and be a key player and someone who can sustain themselves in the market. And so that's your approach in in buying BITW, uh, the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund. Just buy the index, cap-weighted. You'll get a lot of Bitcoin and Ethereum, and you'll get other smaller players and call it a day. That's exactly right. And the beauty of it to me, Rick, is you're future-proofed over however the market develops. Right. If Ethereum becomes bigger than Bitcoin, the index will evolve to hold more Ethereum than Bitcoin. If Bitcoin is the category killer and its share of the market increases, the index will evolve to hold more Bitcoin. If some new asset like Solana or Cardano become very important, the index will evolve over time to reflect that as well. So one of the beauties for investors is versus just buying one or two coins themselves is you don't have to worry day to day, does it reflect what the market is? The index does it for you. It it future proofs you against however this market, which is changing very rapidly, evolves over time. Talk about the research papers that you've produced. Yeah. One of the things we try to do, Rick, is talk about Bitcoin and crypto like you do uh, in a way that everyone can understand. It can be intimidating to enter this market because there are buzz terms and there's technology. And so a lot of what we've tried to do at Bitwise is write papers and research that make it easy for investors to understand the space, that contextualizes it in terms that they're familiar with. We're trying to meet investors where they are and demystify this. In the end, you can make crypto very simple for people, right? It is, as we've discussed, the ability for money to exist and move over the internet. That I think people can get. And for people to access the research reports you have and the educational guides, uh, as well as learning more about the uh, investment funds that Bitwise has created, how do people find you at Bitwise? Yeah, sure. Go to bitwiseinvestments.com. I post a lot on on Twitter. Uh, It's actually a good resource for learning about crypto. So Matt underscore Hogan at Twitter. Matt, pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Rick. That was Matt Hogan, the Chief Investment Officer of Bitwise Investment Management. And my wife, Jean, and I have invested in Bitwise's fund, BITW. If you want to invest in digital assets like we do, they make it really easy for you. The Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund. It's available everywhere that you get your investments, including from your financial advisor. If you know anyone who's new at this, who wants to be a new investor... One thing is certain, trusted is always better than trendy. With the new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. That's companies they actually recognize, like Amazon, Apple, and Google. There's also videos, guides, and other helpful tools, plus investment professionals 24-7 to answer your questions. See the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit. Go to schwab.com slash starter kit. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman.
bringing clarity to a complex and changing world. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. I'm Rick Edelman, and you're listening to The Truth About Your Future. I want to tell you about a company called Choice. Choice is changing the way Americans save for retirement by making it possible for you to invest in Bitcoin, crypto, and other alternative assets inside your IRA. That's right. When you open either a deductible or a Roth IRA with your Choice account, you can buy real Bitcoin or any of 22 other digital assets. In your Choice account, you can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, you name it, all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, and you get more control over your retirement savings. You can also access Choice through your financial advisor. So if you have a professional advisor managing your money for you, just tell your advisor to get set up with Choice so they can help you access Bitcoin and other alternative assets in your retirement account. Choice is a sponsor of The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman, and I invite you to go to their website. Go to retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. I'm Rick Edelman. Happy to tell you that Edelman Financial Engines is a sponsor of this program and podcast, and they have their own show and podcast that you'll hear right after the conclusion of this program. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Soledad is a Peabody Award-winning journalist. Gene is a best-selling financial writer. They'll explore the financial decisions you face and how those decisions affect your life. They're joined each week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts to share the insights and strategies you need, from managing your wealth and generational planning to retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here each weekend after this program for Everyday Wealth. And for more information, visit everydaywealth.com slash radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future. I'm Rick Edelman. You've heard of Bitcoin and you've heard of wallets, but what is a cold wallet? Well, to understand a cold wallet, you first have to know what a hot wallet is. Well, you already know what that is. It's an account that you have online. And you have lots of online accounts, don't you? You have bank accounts online, brokerage accounts online, even IRA accounts online. You've got airline miles. They're online too. But you've also heard of hacks, haven't you? Well, that's what happens when a cyber criminal steals your data that's on the internet. And that can happen when you have a hot wallet, meaning your data is on the internet. So how do you protect your data? Get it off the internet. And that's what you can do with Bitcoin. You move your Bitcoin from a hot wallet that's connected to the internet to a cold wallet, which is off the internet. You know, picture a flash drive that holds your files. You can download your Bitcoin to a flash drive so it's not connected to the internet. And that means it's safe from hackers. So if you're a long-term holder of Bitcoin, move it out of your hot wallet and onto a cold wallet. Your digital assets exchange will even do this for you. It's easy and a smart thing to do. And if you want to learn more about blockchain and digital assets, order my new book, The Truth About Crypto, at Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. 
You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. Are you married? Are you planning to get married? Uh, If you're not, maybe you never will. The number of marriages has declined for eight consecutive years, hitting a 13-year low in 2021. Just last year, only 8 million couples got married. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about here in the United States. I'm talking about China. A big challenge in that country is their gender imbalance. Young men dramatically outnumber young women of similar age. And it's all because of China's one-child policy that they had for decades. It's now coming to haunt them. Ten years ago, 80% of Chinese women said marriage was necessary. Today, only 60% say that. Therefore, China's population is aging. Fewer marriages means fewer children and more old people, relatively speaking. China produced only 12 million babies last year. That's the lowest birth rate since 1978. Women in China are producing only 1.3 babies on average. We need 2.1 babies to sustain a population. 2.1 babies per woman. China's producing only 1.3. And this is a problem not just in China. India has the same issue. Their fertility rate has also fallen below 2.1. It's now 2.0. Only 1.6 in cities, a 10% drop from five years ago. This is a big deal because India is a fifth of all the people in the world. 1.4 billion people live in India. Women are marrying later. That means they're having kids later, which means they're having fewer kids. And it's even worse in Japan, the world's oldest country. This is a global issue for all of us. One in 11 people on the planet are over the age of 65. By 2050, it won't be one in 11. It'll be one in six. In Japan, the birth rate is only 1.3. It needs, like I said, to be 2.1 for the population to remain stable. One study says that more than half of the 1,700 cities and towns in Japan could vanish by 2040. The government now needs older people to keep working. And in Japan, they are. Nearly half of those in their late 60s are still working. A third of those in their 70s are still working. Is that what you want your future to be? Do you want to have to continue to work in your 70s? I think you want working to be optional right? Work because you enjoy it. Work because you love what you do, the impact you're making, the contribution you're providing. Working because you have to? I don't think that's a financial future any of us really want. And so my big message for you is that you need to start investing if you haven't already. And by the way, when you're trying to invest, one thing is certain, trusted is always a better investment approach than trendy. With the new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. It's actually companies you recognize, Amazon, Apple, Google. They offer videos, guides, and other helpful tools and investment professionals available 24-7 to answer your questions. If you want to see the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit, just go to schwab.com slash starter kit. I've been to the site. 
It's really good for new investors. And if I was new to investing, I'd start with two things. First, by reading my book, The Truth About Your Future, and then going to schwab.com backslash starter kit. If you already are an investor, let me tell you of an investment I really like, the Invesco QQQ, a sponsor of this radio show and podcast. They ask a simple question. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation, ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you to access innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's coming next. You can become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. You can learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Remember, there are risks when investing in ETFs, including the possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to a greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly in an index, so before investing, carefully read and consider the fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more. It's all on the prospectus at Invesco.com, Invesco Distributors, Inc. Stay with me every day. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Get my news and commentary every day. It's fun, informative, very topical. And you can get the latest antics of my dog, Hoshi. See the photo of her going down the crypto rabbit hole. Let's connect on social media. And now here on The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman, let me introduce you to Paul Irving. He, for years, has been chair of the Milken Institute Center for the Future of Aging. And Paul, it's wonderful to have you here on the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rick. Pleasure to be with you. Paul, for years, has also been a member of the National Academy of Medicine's Commission for Health Longevity. Paul, we're experiencing an unprecedented shift, a demographic shift. Talk about what that shift is. Why is it happening? Why should we care? So, Rick, for decades, we've experienced this kind of slow-moving demographic change that I think people are generally aware of, but maybe really haven't fully absorbed or thought about the consequences. Uh, Historically low birth rates for for decades now, and at the same time, increasing longevity. Uh, Average lifespans have really about doubled in the last 150 years or so. Uh, since the time that that um, Social Security was enacted in the, in the United States, where when average lives were something under 62 years, and and um, Social Security, in effect, was a was a program for uh, long lived outliers, uh, people now live uh, 80 and 85 and 90 and beyond. So uh, so we have this this interesting combination of many many older people and fewer younger people, and that has implications for institutions and a culture across our society. So it's fascinating when, you know, when we used to look at demographies, we would see a pyramid, you know, relatively few people at the top of the pyramid and an awful lot of young people at the bottom of the pyramid. That pyramid is now becoming a box where we're having almost as many older folks as we have younger folks. We've never had that before, have we? That's exactly right. And in fact, yeah, the pyramid has, has become a rectangle and the rectangle will relatively soon, without change, become a reverse pyramid where we have uh, fewer and fewer uh, children, 
what we now know is that we have more people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s than we do teenagers and below. So, uh, so it's already very much happening. And this has implications for every family in not just the United States, but across the world and our businesses and our policymakers and all the rest. What's been the cause of longevity increasing? It's this really interesting mix of, of advances in, in medicine. I mean, particularly if you think about it um, in, in the 19th century, uh, antibiotics, uh, dramatic improvements in sanitation, which had huge implications for lives, infectious disease, et cetera, et cetera, in, in past times. Safety. Just think about the advent of seatbelts in our own lifetimes and, and of, of smoking cessation, tobacco control, and, and those kinds of things. So it's, it's a combination of factors. You know, the prospect of many, many more people uh, living into their 90s and living beyond 100 even is, is certainly greater than it's ever been. And that, that means uh, a lot of different planning for all of us. Now, talk about the, the real huge question here. What does all this mean, really? You said that it represents changes for government, for public policy, for business opportunity, investment opportunity, et cetera. Despite the fact that uh, we have these longer lives and the potential for for healthier lives, we really have no idea what to do with this extra time. So uh, whether it's educational institutions uh, enabling lifelong learning or whether it's workplaces enabling people to work longer and in more flexible ways, or cities designed for the realities of this new, this new dem- demographic, or homes that are completely ill-equipped for, in the United States, for example, completely ill-equipped for the realities of an aging population. Everything really has to be rethought, reimagined. You know, we, we recognize, thankfully, new opportunities for for women to become engaged, the potential and opportunity for African-Americans and and, and those of Hispanic uh, background to consume and to work and to to create. And yet, for some reason, we really haven't figured out yet that our largest growing natural resource is old people. It, It really is fascinating how we're all individually recognizing that as we age, we are feeling pretty good. You know, in, in our 60s, we are much healthier than our parents and grandparents when they were in their 60s. And yet society hasn't really embraced this in a, in a significant way. We train people very carefully on how to prepare for college. And we train college students very carefully for how to enter the workforce. And we train workers very carefully to perform well at their jobs. We don't prepare people for post career life, you know, and and so people are entering retirement in their 60s or 70s, looking around saying, what now? What do I do next? Absolutely. And and so, look, some of that obviously involves personal responsibility and personal behaviors, but a lot of it involves just changing societal norms, institutional practices. Why in the world would we assume that uh, that formal education, traditional education should end in our early 20s when we know we ha- may have 50, 60, 70, 80 years ahead with such change in the world, in science, in, in all the things that we've, we've come to know. So why don't we embrace lifelong learning as, as a norm for all of us? So every university in America should change. And by the way, projections are that half of the Universities in America are in deep financial trouble because, again, of those smaller populations of younger adults. So 
older adults are not not just a burden. They're a market. And, and they're a market for not just for products and services and innovations. They're a market for educators. Uh, they're a market uh, many, in many, many ways. That is Paul Irving, who for years has been the chair of the Center for the Future of Aging at the Milken Institute. And to find the research and other information that has been produced by the Center, Paul, how do people reach the Milken Institute? They go to the Milken Institute, look at the Center for Future of Aging. They'll see all of our reports. They can follow me or find me on both LinkedIn and, and Twitter. Thank you so much, Britt. MilkenInstitute.org. Paul Irving, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you. Our longevity is all a result of advances in medicine and neuroscience, AI, nanotech, big data. We've even got robots performing surgery these days. And that's why I feel really strongly about exponential technologies. And one of the greatest aspects of this program now is that I get to spend more and more time talking with you about the impact of these technologies and how they're affecting your personal finances and the investment opportunities that are available to you. And it's also why I asked GlobalX ETFs to be a sponsor of this broadcast. I'm a big fan of GlobalX. And now I get to talk with you specifically about the investments that Gene and I personally own and why we like them. GlobalX offers more than 30 ETFs devoted to exponential technologies, what, what they call thematic growth. And my wife and I, we own several of them. I'm convinced that this investment theme belongs in our diversified portfolio. Well, where did we start? Well, first we considered the options, such as longevity and its impact on our changing demographics and how that is going to force us to alter our nation's infrastructure. And we look at green energy, blockchain, lithium battery technology, solar energy, and so much more. GlobalX has been managing exponential technology strategies for more than a decade, and they publish research across their entire range of ETFs. And you can read all that research and learn more at GlobalXETFs.com or simply ask your financial advisor about GlobalX ETFs. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. You know, you've heard a lot about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. But I'm not yet sure that you know what they are or why you need to know about them. So read my new article on why you need to know about NFTs. You'll find it free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. If you want to invest in digital assets like me, let me make it real easy for you. My wife, Jean, and I invested in the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol BITW. It's the first and still the biggest crypto index fund. Bitwise is a sponsor of this program, and I'm also an investor in Bitwise. That's how much I like this company. The Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, it owns the 10 largest digital assets, and they rebalance monthly. So you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. Bitwise does it all for you. Very simple, very easy. Bitwise wants digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why they work closely both with individual investors as well as financial advisors and institutions across the country. Crypto is all Bitwise does. They've got a four-year track record, which makes them one of the oldest players in this new emerging asset class, with 50 employees devoted entirely to digital assets and $2 billion in assets under management. I believe strongly in owning a diversified portfolio, and that means owning digital assets as part of my diversification. The Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW. 
It's available everywhere that you get your investments, including from your financial advisor. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. A big theme on this show, exponential technologies. As Yogi Berra said, the future ain't what it used to be. Let me give you an illustration. A Boeing 737 MAX 8 recently flew passengers from Chicago to Washington, D.C. On board were members of Congress, along with Scott Kirby, the CEO of United Airlines. Why am I mentioning it? What's the big deal? The jet was fueled by cooking oil, along with fat and synthetic compounds made from sugar, not regular jet fuel. That concoction had 80% fewer carbon emissions than regular jet fuel. It's going to cost about a quarter of a trillion dollars to scale this up, but the flight showed that the technology works. Every week I bring you more of these kinds of innovations. The future is being invented and technologies driving it all. Looking for a financial advisor who can help you with buying digital assets? Go to the DACFP Advisor Directory at DACFP.com. That's DACFP.com. Hundreds of financial advisors have obtained the certificate in blockchain and digital assets, giving them the knowledge they need so they can give you the advice you need about this new asset class. If you're interested in investing in digital assets, you can find a financial advisor at the Advisor Directory. It's a free service at DACFP.com. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, a visit by my wife, Jean Edelman. Jean, a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean. Well, it's still fresh in the beginning of the year. And naturally, this is a time when we reset our goals for what we want to accomplish in the new year. Well, how'd we do last year? Did we accomplish everything we wanted to? Is there anything that we want to change for this year? Rick and I always sit and write down our goals for the year. Writing down our goals make them real. They make them concrete in our mind. We break down our goals as an individual, as a couple, for our business. The individual can be broken down by very personal. What do we want to accomplish in the morning, by afternoon, by evening? We could break it down by morning and evening. Do we want to break down our goals as a daily, weekly, monthly, semi-monthly goal? What are our self-care goals? This comes first. If we're to take care of everyone else in our life, our self-care must come first. In regards to our self-care and our personal goals, we shouldn't even put a foot on the ground before we get out of bed in the morning without having some type of self-care game plan for the day. Are we finding our quiet? Are we planning and preparing healthy meals? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's what we need to have in our game plan. Do we have a physical plan? Are we walking? Do we have an exercise class we love? Are we taking breaks during the day and getting away from our electronics? Do we have an emotional plan? Are we journaling? Do we have a professional that we can talk with when life gets a little too complicated? Are we making time to rest, restore, refresh? Do we have a spiritual plan? Are we meditating? Maybe there's some retreat that we want to go to. Are we connecting to a higher power? 
Do we have gratitude and kindness in our life for ourselves and others? And then do we have a plan for community? Are we connected with like-minded people? Are there groups that we want to join? Where can we volunteer our time, effort, and energy? And so this week, it's a simple word of the week. It's love. The L is for listen. Let's listen to our body each morning. What do we need to be the best we can be in our day? O is for observe. It is much easier to sit back and observe before we jump in with our judgments and opinions. Watch, when we step back and let others fill in the space, there's a lot more drama to observe. V is for value. We're all so important in this world. We all have a purpose. We all have a plan. And we're here to bring that value and to be the best we can be in the world each day. And ease, I love this word. Ease is to ease into each day. Not all the hustle and the bustle and the stress and and the deadlines. You know what? Those deadlines, they're superficial. We create them. So let's look at what we have to do. And let's try to ease into our day a little bit. Let this be the year of being real. Let's have a plan. Let's stay focused. And let's have realistic expectations of ourselves and others. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new year. We get to start over. We get to recreate ourselves. Let's have fun. Let's make the most of our moments together. Have a great day. That was Gene Edelman here on The Truth About Your Future. Well, that's it for the time we have on this program. Coming up next, a program brought to you by a sponsor of this show, Edelman Financial Engines. They have their own show and podcast, and it starts right after the news. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Soledad is a Peabody Award-winning journalist. Gene Chatsky is a best-selling financial writer. They explore the financial decisions you face and how those decisions affect your life. They're joined each week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts to share the insights and strategies you need. From managing your wealth and generational planning to retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here for Everyday Wealth. And for more information about that program, visit everydaywealth.com radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or to capture the full-length conversations I've had with our guests this week, go to thetruthayf.com. The Truth AYF, that's short for About Your Future. Thetruthayf.com and download the podcast. I'm Rick Edelman. See you next week. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. Bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com slash QQQ. 
Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities. Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth, AYF.com. 